This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Podcast. My name is Alex, and I have not read Caleb Carr's The Alienist. My name is Nick, and I cannot wait to read The Alienist again. <laughs> Today we will be discussing the series finale of the TNT series titled Castle in the Sky. Oh boy. Yes, while we will not be spoiling any of the book, and by extension any future plot lines of the show, we might spoil some of the book actually, and there's clearly yeah. not going to be any future plot lines of the show. That's right. We will be discussing the details of the series through episode 10, so pause this and go catch up before you listen to the rest of the episode. You can find more episodes of our podcast at TheAlienist.tv, and you can send your feedback to feedback at TheAlienist.tv to tell us what you think of our podcast and share your thoughts on TNT's or Caleb Carr's The Alienist so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding The Alienist or our podcasts. Uh, we did get some feedback this week. We did get an email from Miss Wanda once again. Miss Wanda wrote in to say, you have to do an 11th podcast. There are so too many unanswered questions. It's frustrating that there are so many unanswered questions. The show keeps throwing bones at us, but doesn't really explain itself. I have a number of questions and comments. Yes, I heard Mary scream, and I mentioned it at the time. Yes, I noticed Sarah getting snubbed by Laszlo at the funeral. And why won't she tell more that Laszlo slapped her? Better yet, it seems like her character would have slapped him back. What's the deal with the Isaacson's legitimate, legit, illegitimate baby? Why, in, why even include it? I guess all good things must come to an end, like Buffy, unsatisfying ending. ending. Dexter, awful ending. Mm. True Blood, come on now. Eureka, <laughs> Warehouse 13. It's a bummer, but most importantly, what's up next on your agenda? We are fans of the podcast and we'll miss you two. Best wishes and go for it, episode 11. Miss Wanda and Hubby John. Really, that's his name. Miss Wanda, thank you for writing in. And your Hubby John. Yes. Uh, so some of the questions you had here were addressed in this episode. Some of them, maybe not. But we'll kind of mm-hmm. talk about that in a little bit here. Um, but as for what we're doing next, there's a show called Westworld. It's on HBO. It will be starting its second season. April 22nd, and mm-hmm. we plan to come back and do our show, Westworld FM. We have a whole first season of that show to go with the first season of the HBO show. So you've got about a month to go and watch that show if you haven't. You can listen to ours along the way. You can listen to our season wrap-up episode when you're done with that. And then come on back and check out the new season with us. Uh, and, yeah, we're planning on, I think the show's on Sundays, and we're probably going to release... The Monday or Tuesday after that, something along those lines. So we hope everybody listening will come join us for our journey into Westworld once again. Yeah, that's a great show. I can't. I, I don't even. I didn't know what to expect for season one, but I have no idea what yeah. to expect for season even two. more into the woods for season two for <laughs> Seriously. sure. And uh, it's a very different show than The Alienist, but it is a very good television program. And I think if you like very good television, then you will probably like. Oh, it's phenomenal! Westworld. It's so. phenomenal. Uh, check it out, listen to our show, and uh, we hope to hear from you, Miss Wanda, and everybody else that we've heard from 
and even those of you that we haven't heard from. Yes, please do go back and and find that and watch Preacher as well. And we have we now we have two seasons of that of of Gone to Texas, our Preacher show. Yes. So there are We're other... so just multifaceted <laughs> here. <laughs> go to midwestpodcastnetwork.com to keep up with us. All of our shows are on there. There's links to everything and we're always trying to figure out new stuff to do. So yeah, um, and this particular show ended up being sort of it was something I was sort of pushing for and then I kind of gave up and was like, "Eh, it's all right." <laughs> and then and then we we had a fateful dinner and decided that we would do it. It was uh it was and very good. This is probably the most rewarding podcast that we've done. This has been a lot of fun. That. Having it knowing going into it that it's going to die yeah. after after 10 11 episodes is is kind of awesome. Like, yeah. It's kind of exhilarating to be like there, there's an end in sight. I, at the same time, though, it's really sad because I, I yeah. can't believe like this. This is the last actual episode that we're going to talk about, and uh, it is probably the most ill prepared I've been to do an episode because <laughs> this one's going to be all shooting from the hip. So. Well, the good news is we are going to do that eleventh podcast. Nobody really talked to us about listening in live, so I don't think we're going to yeah, live stream it. But do that. we are going to do that. It's hopefully either going to record this weekend or. Uh, sometime the second week of april so please stay tuned uh follow me on twitter at jondy1703 and i will let you know uh if and when it happens this weekend and if not it will be coming uh so yeah stay tuned for that yeah and if if alex posts when we're gonna do it and you do feel like saying like hey i would like love to jump in and talk to you guys while you're recording or something let us know even if it's like one person it could be kind of fun yeah yeah if we can work it out to to have some call-ins that would be pretty great so uh but if you do have any unanswered questions after this episode of the podcast please write them into feedback at the alienist.tv we'd love to talk about them next week yes. uh anything i think i'm gonna open it up or at least we will have a section of full book spoilers for anybody who has finished the book. So even if you have anything book spoilery that you want discussed, please write it in and let us know. Uh, we did get a few tweets. Um, our friend Katrine tweeted at us and said, but where were the chalkboards in all caps? <laughs> and uh, and Nick responded to that with a fantastic gif from uh, New Girl. But uh, And then our friend Mark wrote in, he said, My wife and I think several small pops, props used in Act 1 had not been invented yet in the 1890s. Weren't those bright plastic pushpins stuck in the map of the sewer system? The best part about both of those tweets is they were on the thread when I tweeted to the alienist at TNT. <laughs> so Katrine just right up in there going, where were the chalkboards, <laughs> bitch? Absolutely. <laughs> and TNT only answers the child actors in the show and <laughs> people on Monday. They did it again this week. They they retweeted that kid who plays Connor's son. It's hilarious. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I got some messages from Katrine as well. Uh, well, I will address Mark real quick. I okay, did sorry, take Mark. a look. There were thumbtacks invented and patented around the 1900s, like at, in the year 1900. I, th- I just think Laszlo's team invented them. I think the Isaacson's... <laughs> The Isaacsons get credit We've for made everything. this polymer compound exactly. with, yeah, with some the piece steel of, to the push steel into. Inside, yeah. Yeah. We can hang our notes. <laughs> we will reduce clutter everywhere. Uh, it's really interesting because even in, uh, in Beecham's apartment or whatever it is, he's just got nails stuck in the wall hanging stuff in where they've got these little plastic pushpins. It's really weird. It, they wouldn't have been plastic in 1900. They would have been made out of metal. They might have been colored if they painted them, but... I don't know. It it felt weird to me that they would choose that detail to do a close up on and just 
not leave it to the background of like, oh, this is a potential anachronism, but we're just going to have it in there because without like, like I can't think of a brand that makes push pins like Elmer's or something like that. Yeah. But it'd be so funny if more was like these thumbtacks that <laughs> Graham brought back <laughs> made in the town of Elmer. Yeah. Made in Wisconsin. <laughs> Fascinating country. <laughs> Just an insane call out to like quartet like boys. My friend Elmer made this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that'd be even better. <sighs> oh. Beautiful. Jeez. But anyway, Mark, We're yeah. Just write some more fanfic, I think. Absolutely. So uh Katrine sent you some thoughts on, on Twitter, please. Yeah, she did. Uh she said the show's over already with a frowny face, and then said my absolute highlight has been Dakota Fanning. This show was an eye-opener to me in terms of her acting, and I will try to keep a lookout for her future projects. I agree. Like She kind of really surprised me with how great she was in this yeah. show. Daniel Bruhl, I knew was good, and yes, he did a grand job here as well. The show did not live up to my expectations having read the book, but it was enjoyable nonetheless. It might not be the most memorable show ever, but it did provide entertainment through the great acting and also Luke Evans' campiness. Sorry, <laughs> I just can't warm up to him. <laughs> I can't help but warm up to Luke yeah. Evans. He's uh, great. Uh, anyway, your recaps were superb, and I'll miss your banter and your podcasts. That's the saddest part about the Alienist finishing. So does your fun podcast. Take care, guys, and hopefully hear you again soon. She also said, I, I am also well into Angel of Darkness. Check it out. This is how you introdu- introduce the chalkboards properly. And she screenshotted <laughs> the page. pages from the book. <laughs> and... Uh, there's really only she she sent me two pages, but there's only really one part that matters. Uh, when they decide that they have to reconvene for the new crime and the yeah. new investigation, they go back to their old their old undisclosed location, <laughs> which I think the address is 808, which is the address cool. in the bar building. Yeah. And this, but anyway, um, they they do have I forgot this too. They have like a, a weird elevator in the building that takes them up, and it's it's often mentioned. But cutting in in the middle of this paragraph. Uh, Laszlo gets lost in some thought and they, they say he was uh, walk, pacing around the room maybe going over what he had just heard maybe thinking again about other older matters maybe doing a bit of both whatever the case nobody even considered interrupting him which is very perfect description of Laszlo when, when Laszlo's in his his brain thinking like you just don't talk to him like, yeah. let him go only the sound of the elevator's return finally brought him back out of his deep pondering. So this is around the time I think they're considering whether or not they should pursue this. He looked up kind of blankly, then turned to Miss Howard, who'd switched on a small electrical light and was sitting on the edge of its glow. Well, Sarah, the doctor said, what's become of our board? Miss <laughs> Howard smiled wide and fairly ran over to the Japanese screen. This is like the screen they used to cover it. Yeah. Laying hold of the big rolling chalkboard and dragging it out to face the desks. It had obviously been recently scrubbed clean. <laughs> The doctor approached it, staring at its black, empty surface. Then he removed his jacket, picked up a spanking new piece of chalk, cracked it in half, and in quick slashing motions, wrote the words, and thus begins the actual investigation with that breaking of that fresh piece of chalk. Beautiful. If that's not visual storytelling, (laughs) well, I don't know what the hell is then. Anyway, thanks, Katrina, for sending that. I I immediately want to finish my reread of the alienist and then jump right back in angel of darkness actually so now that you're undertaking this book you uh hopefully you appreciate my terminator analogy but also you'll see how much bigger it is it's like just a way chunkier book and i the only time in my life <clears throat> i've been called to jury duty was when i was 19 and 
I it was my I think I might have been 18 actually. It was very it was right at that age where you're like allowed to do it. And it was my first time really driving into downtown Detroit and this yeah. was like so some 14 or so years ago. Detroit was a ghost town back then. Mm-hmm. Like like eerie. And I it was my first time driving in and back then when you're young and you're just kind of stupid, you're just like, "Yeah, whatever, I'll figure it out." This is before uh smartphones in their yep. current capacities, before GPS and I was like actually had to use signs and downtown Detroit is very confusing if you've never driven into it before. Most major metropolitan areas are, but Detroit is extra confusing because yeah. there's not a straight road in the city. <laughs> so anyway, I drove in and I brought the angel of darkness with me and I was probably on page like 200. It was the first time I'd ever read the book. And, uh, I had read the alienist, I think twice by then maybe, but I finally decided to crack into this and I, sat for probably seven hours waiting to decide if, if to be to determine not, if i was going to yeah. be yeah, dismissed or called and i must have read 500 pages of that book <laughs> and it was so utterly exhilarating and i was totally enraptured in it. i didn't get hungry i didn't get thirsty i was just so sucked into that book that by the time they were like you're dismissed i was like oh okay and like finished my chapter and then left because I just couldn't stop. It's so good. It's such an Hmm. awesome story. So that's awesome. I I really hope you enjoy it, Katrine. I hope anyone else who is considering reading the alienist, please, 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 please do. It is so good and pick up the sequel as well because it's not often you get a great sequel. And, uh, I, I think it, it is fantastic. Yeah. I like, I prefer the alienist a little bit more, but it's only because I like the first Terminator a little bit more too. (laughs) Well, hopefully, uh, much like the chalkboard, we can dust off this podcast if they ever do. Oh, man, that'd be season. the best. Yeah. That'd be so cool. So uh, thank you, everybody, for writing in. Like I said, please write in. We will have one more episode. Yeah. This is the time to do it. Please write in your thoughts on the finale. I, I'm actually shocked we didn't get more. Yeah. <laughs> more if, you, if you write in, uh, I guess it's the age-old question of if you write into a podcast and there is no episode to read it on, did you ever really write the, write the mm. feedback? So, you know. But yeah, I, that's the thing. I really want to know what people thought of this finale. I'm still working on my own feelings on it. And I well. want to know what people f- thought about this show. This yeah. show is so bizarre and unique. Yeah. And as much as we can liken it to other things, it's definitely its own animal. There sure. has not been a show like this before. For sure. And I I don't know if there will be one like it again, really. It's, yeah. uh, it's It's been awesome. So please write in what you thought about the series in a whole uh on the whole i guess a show you'll ever go back and watch again you know this isn't yeah. the kind of thing where you're gonna buy the blu-ray on black friday you know what i mean maybe are they gonna make a blu-ray <laughs> right yeah like, exactly yeah, we exactly. don't even know yeah things have changed yes so we need your your thoughts and everything uh it'll help flesh out our final episode of <laughs> the podcast unless of course we get called back but uh yeah that's all i know so today we are just going to be recapping episode 10. We will try and save all of our thoughts on the series as a whole for uh, the next episode, our season wrap-up, or series wrap-up, I suppose. So, uh, But with that in mind, let's go into the recap. So in the teaser, Laszlo continues to mourn Mary, and John goes to take a look at the latest victim, worried that it may be Joseph. Upon finding out it's not Joseph, John is relieved and sees the body carried out. Sarah, with no help from her co-workers, informs Teddy Roosevelt that the body will be taken to Bellevue to be viewed in peace. Teddy confides in Sarah that he feels like a bureaucrat shackled to his desk, but she reassures him that their investigation is very close to nabbing the killer. Uh, Short but sweet teaser. 
good to see that Joseph wasn't dead, but it was kind of like a where, 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 where did he really go? Yeah. But uh, this is Lazlo listening to the record, right? He's listening That's, to the okay. record. The food is all laid out. Right, he's okay. just kind of looking at it yeah. and not really partaking in anything. I wonder who made it. That's what I was kind of wondering. I was like, this looks too good to be like Cyrus and Stevie because I don't think they have any like we haven't seen them with any real cooking. Yeah, responsibilities, Cyrus in the book, I would have I would have said he could do it. He's kind of a Renaissance man in the book, but in the show, he's just kind of there. Yeah. So is Stevie. Stevie is really like he's barely there. Even. Yeah. But yeah, I was just curious. Like, well, we'll put that together. It looks good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well. But uh, yeah, no, the I did like the line that Sarah threw back at Teddy that she got from him at one point. Just, <clears throat> or she she used his own words against him and said, the last thing an honest politician can expect is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just kind of set this tone for the, the finale of Roosevelt's just kind of pessimism, I think, towards the whole thing in the beginning, but still Sarah's hope and... Uh, I don't know her drive to really figure out or catch Beecham. I guess mm-hmm. they they know who he is at this point, but to actually take I did down. really like the resolve in her saying we ha- we we know his name, we know where he lives. Yeah, we can we're close. Yeah, which is true. Like you're, why would you stop at that point? Mm-hmm. For sure. So, uh, the idea that the body was being taken to Bellevue was that kind of a to be to be viewed in peace she mentioned that somebody uh i don't know exactly who she said that ordered that to happen or if she did but i don't recall i guess we don't really know if the isaacsons were the ones looking at it it seemed like almost like it was burns's influence or somebody else maybe taking the body away Mm -hmm. from them was kind of what i read out of it but Everything with the body was strange. Yeah. I liked the way they they fished it out, though, with those hooks. That was really grisly. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool touch. I I, almost, I actually kind of laughed out loud at John, like, being like, oh, it's not him. <laughs> Thank it's some, some other dead kid. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter anymore. It's just uh, Joseph. All right. Peace out. Yeah. No. We're out. <laughs> uh, so I'm fairly certain that Joseph dies in the book. I'm, okay. I'm... Uh, pretty sure that he he bites it he is the next to last i think he's the final kid to be killed um and more this weighs very heavily on more because he feels personally responsible i could be wrong but i am pretty sure that i I was surprised that joseph made it out in this in this episode yeah and uh almost a little it's almost a little better that he dies because I don't know. It just it gives it more weight. The bittersweet. There's more. Yeah. There's more stakes. Just yeah. like I mean, really, the only real casualty in the show is Mary, mm-hmm. and in the it's not too far from the book because of the main crew, she's the only one that dies. Yeah. And <clears throat> I guess I can take a moment to talk about the bookends, or do you want to talk about that later? Do you want to do that in the series finale? The recap. Uh, we can probably do that in the okay. In the, in we'll the do, series. We'll do that. Uh, later. Wrap up. We'll do that. But, later. Uh no. Yeah. It. It. It certainly, it surprised me too, but I was kind of wondering if whether or not Joseph died in the book. I I did read a little bit about other differences from the book, but we can oh, yeah? circle back okay, around good. to that in the end. Uh, but any other thoughts on the teaser? 
Mm, don't think so. All right. Besides how boring Teddy is. <laughs> Still. Yeah. In Act 1, Sarah finds a forlorn John at the 808, moping around since Joseph is missing. He finally professes his love for Sarah, and Sarah doesn't seem as though she knows how to take it when Teddy Roosevelt barges in. Roosevelt asks them to get Laszlo back on the team. Sarah goes to appeal to Laszlo, who finally apologizes for slapping her. They both share the details of the trauma they experienced at their father's hands. Laszlo's arm is stunted because his father broke it at a young age, and Sarah is traumatized since her father used her hand on the gun to finish his botched suicide. Sarah explained that explains she learned from Laszlo that they can either let these things haunt them for the rest of their lives, or they can try to stop it and use it to do good. Laszlo is unsure they get to choose, but Sarah thinks everyone would be murderers if they didn't get to choose. Sarah finally asks Laszlo to rejoin them. So, uh, John, John professing his love to Sarah, uh... What did you take on her reaction to it all? I, in the moment while I was watching the scene, I was like, and then at the end of the episode, I really liked where it landed. Okay. So in the moment, I think I kind of bought, I think I kind of bought into it. I, th- I kind of thought that Moore maybe actually did feel that way because Sarah is so different from all of the other women that uh, we are shown that Moore is probably a lot of the like tarts that Moore has to hang around <laughs> all the time that he's probably like, wow, here's a real person, like yeah. a real woman, a real human. The kiss was like, it's pretty, pretty baller kiss. Like that, that moment I was like, there's tension. Like I, I actually felt like it was shot in such a way and, and done in such a way that there was actual like romantic tension there that made me like kind of be like, Ooh, and like take note, which is pretty cool. Cause I feel like, you know, you can see two characters kiss in a show and be like, well, uh, whatever. Yeah. But her kind of, she didn't resist, but she didn't, she didn't jump in excited either. It was just like this kind of like she did want to, but wasn't sure if it was for the right reasons kind yeah. of thing. And I'm not going to even attempt to pick apart this, which is ultimately like not that important, but I just really liked how it was done. There was more, it was just very like, this is how I feel. This is what I want to do. And you didn't really get a, a clean read on Sarah. And I actually really dug that. Well, and I think the thing that I really liked about this episode is that it really drives home Sarah's arc. <clears throat> she goes from being this person that things happen to, mm-hmm to then taking the agency back in her life and kind of being like this John's profession of love just kind of happens to her. It doesn't, she's not like an active participant in what is actually taking place in this. I think a lot still happens to her in this. episode. Well, no, absolutely. But by the end of it, that final scene with her and John on the street, her basically being like John basically acknowledges like, you're not going to, like people aren't going to allow you to do things anymore. You're just going to do it essentially like it. It positions her of, of being this person who's prepared and ready to take back her power. And I thought it was interesting that this scene that came towards the beginning of the episode just kind of shows her as not being necessarily a willing participant. I'm not saying she was an unwilling participant, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like one of those. It wasn't Scarlett O'Hara and like Gone with the like it, that. It wasn't that romance. It was very much like a. She didn't know how to take it at the time. 
I think I think she was also caught off guard by him because I yes. think she I still think she thinks he's full of shit that he doesn't really care about her yeah. in that in that way and I think she was pretty surprised that he would ever say anything that directly to yeah. anybody let alone tell a woman that he loves her yeah I think that it, that 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 kind of blindsided her a bit I do th- I I agree I see what you're saying and I agree to an extent I still think there's a lot that she is just that's a good it's really no better way to put it than something happening to her but i think her arc is also kind of people she she wants to be treated as like an equal essentially she doesn't want to be treated like just as like a girl yeah and i think that that respect is earned for her from just about everybody all the main members of the team certainly i think they view her and treat her as an equal member of the team if not one of the if not probably the second most important person in the investigation yeah and I, I really like where, where she landed in those scenes. Like even the way Dakota Fanning plays her, there, mm-hmm. there was just more of a lightness to her, which was, uh, which was really neat. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then her discussion with Laszlo, uh, one of the things that I did read was <clears throat> me. new for the show, not in the book, was the idea that her father attempted to commit suicide. Yeah, because it's recall. only it's only ever mentioned in the book as like a hunting accident or yes. something of that sort, but the idea that like he tried to commit suicide and then she found him and he needed her help to finish it, like number one, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. But once again, it also kind of plays into my thought of like she probably walked into that she didn't walk into that situation and think oh i need to put him out of his misery per se it was more like like she she describes it as her father grabbed her hand and put it on the gun and the fact that like she comes out of that experience wanting to be different and not do what people expect of her and be her own person instead of doing everything else that everyone thinks she should do, I think is very interesting. But uh, what did you think about this scene? Like, how did what did how did you think her relating to Laszlo in terms of the the trauma from their parents or fathers? How I do you think that landed. I liked it a lot, actually. I uh, it is different from the book. I think in the book, it's there's just the implication that her dad died under somewhat mysterious circumstances. And I think that's part of what helped propel her into law enforcement in the book is Mm -hmm. the idea that she wanted to be able to investigate these kind of things. But he, they do also talk more in the book about how her, her father helped shape her into the kind of, I don't want to use the phrase tomboy, but it's kind of the way they, they present her. Yeah. That's largely influenced by her dad, which is similar to tulip and preacher. Yeah, actually for sure. Um, but I, I did like I did really like that scene. That was that was something that needed to happen. Her and mm-hmm. Laszlo just talking and f- getting to the bottom of what happened and either making amends or saying okay, we're done. And I really appreciate the show has such a bizarre pace the way it like leaps from scene to scene sometimes. And there's a lot of the the kind of glue that binds scenes together normally like we've been talking about like establishing shots or like characters traveling or anything it's just absent yeah and in this episode i actually really liked how it got us just she's there and they're talking and the way it was shot was really cool because it's him talking right it starts on him 
and he's in the middle of giving this explanation we don't know who he's talking to and then we yes. see the reverse and we see she's just there and i was yep. like oh thank god like, let's get these two talking yep. and uh i really loved it i thought it was really great dialogue uh probably some of the best performances by those two in this season and it was something that I think everybody was just kind of screaming for. Like, okay, we need some sort of resolution to this moment. Yeah. And I like that they both apologized because, mm-hmm. yes, Sarah went a little too far and and it was kind of an attack because clearly this was like trauma for him. But, yes, he obviously went way too far by striking her. And I think that the two are not necessarily equal. One is clearly worse than the other, yeah. but they were both intended to harm. Mm-hmm. And I think that she did come from a place of, of wanting to hurt him and didn't like, I don't think liked how it felt either. Like just because somebody else is always an aggressor doesn't mean you should become an aggressor either. And I think that she kind of realized like that, that just was not her role. That's not who she should be. Yeah. And, uh, he also, you know, I think realized that he needs to face some shit maybe and, uh, not just lash out all the time, either metaphorically or literally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was a great scene, though. I really loved it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the the I guess the revelation of what happened to his arm wasn't so shocking, but the it, idea that he, I don't want to say embraces it, but her revealing it, his revealing it to her, I think, meant a lot for him. Uh-huh. And you could see that. Like, the yeah, show it's, demonstrates Yeah, it's no that. secret in the book, like. John knows that his dad broke his arm when okay. he was a kid and it's very like spelled out that it was it was deliberate like it was a strike yeah. however he's not a piano prodigy in the book mm-hmm. either so the the arm is not as significant a loss as it would be as it is in the show rather yeah they do talk about I mean like the the scene where he challenges Roosevelt to a fight is is correct like in the book that happens and that's the first time that roosevelt really sees that like but it it, it really it does the opposite of what in the show it feels like roosevelt and all the onlookers almost like start taking pity on him but in the book it like i guess roosevelt's kind of like oh i couldn't fight him after that or but he insisted or something i don't even remember this roosevelt's just on the snooze button the whole time but in the book it makes roosevelt think he's a badass he's like this guy it, it has, my, has my respect for yeah again yeah well, I guess, and that's the thing. It like in the show, the way that it's kind of described, it seems like Laszlo, in that in that particular, uh, in Roosevelt's story about it, it seems like Laszlo kind of embraces it and doesn't. He's not going to let it stop him from fighting Roosevelt. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But for the rest of the show, it kind of <laughs> feels like it's this. I don't want to call it a crutch, but it, it's it's the scapegoat. Like, it's the thing that he's kind of using to say, I'm not living up to my potential or I'm not doing as well as I should be doing. Or, like, it, it's it's very strange. Like, it, to for what you just said, it feels like the, the Roosevelt interaction feels like it's out of the book, but the rest of the portrayal of it is... Different. Yeah, he kind of lets it define him in a nasty way, rather yeah. than like he, he he carries it around with him like this burden yes. on it, on his on his soul, and uh, I don't know. I I really love where he where he winds up. Like the final scene is really good. Yeah, but it's also it's the kind of thing that you would think a psychiatrist would be able to like reason out themselves and be like, well, here's what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. And then just do, 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 do the calculations <laughs> in his head and be like, all better. I've worked through my problems. <laughs> or he would at least also see another therapist and that they could help him. But 
he's obviously a pretty stubborn, proud guy, and it's kind of a different time too. Yeah. So I, I the only thing that doesn't sit super well is that Sarah has to come to him to initiate the apology. The only reason it's kind of okay is because he's obviously in mourning. Yeah. And she kind of, I'm sure, came to the house under the pretense of I'm here to like pay my respect again or like check in on you and see how you're doing and, and say I'm sorry about what happened. By the way, we should probably talk or something like yeah. that. But yeah. I'm sure that someone could could take issue and rightfully so with the fact that it's her that has to initiate the whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. However, I, I he he's such a willing participant in it that that's kind of unlike Laszlo, so it's uh it was it was refreshing. I, I you could see it from the position of him thinking like she probably rightfully wants nothing to do with me ever again, so it's not like I you could see the reasoning in his brain being like I don't want to come to her because she probably despises me now. Mm. Despite the fact that an apology was certainly owed anyway. Yeah, but suppose. All right, I think that's about it for Act 1. Act 2, Laszlo goes about the town inspecting both the most recent murder site in the bathhouse as well as Beecham's living quarters. He learns that Beecham left the eyes on the latest victim and that Beecham has the sewer system diagram above his bed. The Isaacsons seem to think that that may be because he's taken to the sewer since they were attempting to observe him on the roof. Laszlo asks for a moment alone and attempts to put himself in the killer's mindset as he lays in the killer's bed. Meanwhile, Joseph is being held in the sewers below, and Beecham comes back with a cat and beats the cat on the wall and the ground to kill it. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole was almost in tears at that point. Oh, really? Yeah, because that's, you know, tough thing to watch. If if there was a wiener dog in that bag, I would have turned the show off and never watched it. That would have been a really, (laughs) that would have been way more impactful. (laughs) To me, yeah, no, that's fair. Call me heartless. I was like, whatever, <laughs> cat. <laughs> probably, there's probably Straight five thousand of them within a yeah. square mile. No, I know it's terrible. It's it's a really effective way to demonstrate um, a deranged person. However, I thought it was so over the top. Yeah. I was kind of like, the- well, it's like, I mean, is it really that hard to just go buy a chicken or something, man? Like, I assumed he was going to eat it. I didn't know what the what the hell the point of yeah. that was, and I began to go. Oh, I think I know how I'm going to feel about the rest of this. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> uh, so let's rewind a little. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Laszlo kind of <laughs> catching up with everything. Yeah. He goes okay. To- really loved how that started. Uh, I really liked Laszlo just 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 lone rangering it into the say. All right, I got to I got to get up to speed on where all these guys have been, and you know, immediately noticing probably more than they did. Yeah. It's a little it's a little stupid because <laughs> Laszlo's not a detective. Uh-huh. So he although he is he is a very intelligent and probably has great observational skills, it, watching him turn into Sherlock slash uh Will Graham from Hannibal, I was like, This is getting super derivative all of a sudden and Laszlo has not demonstrated these skills really yet. In he, a way that the last episode didn't with them doing all the police work, this felt like like 
this weird his ability to like see Joseph running off and he like it it just and didn't, like be in the scene. No, all right. Yeah. So whenever you watch Hannibal, if you ever watch Hannibal, you're yeah. gonna go. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I have heard they, about that. That's stuff where they Hannibal stole it, and for sure. <clears throat> the thing is, okay. So I was riding the wave for a minute of like seeing Laszlo back on the trail and like checking out the crime scenes. I was like, all right, like cool. He's back at it. He's he's in the game. But then, like, I began to, like, see through that and go, oh, wait a minute, this is kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. And why does this matter? He should be able to go to the detective sergeants and say, like, give me your notes. What you guys find. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, I don't know. The, the laying in the bed, all of that kind of made a little more sense because he is, you know, like Will Graham and uh, Hannibal, he is trying to get into the head of this guy. Yeah. So, I like... That he's willing to take that extra step and like literally get the perspectives that this guy, you know, what if this guy lays in this cot every night and sleeps, what does he stare at? Mm-hmm. And I, where, what does he think? How does he feel? And I really dig that. I think that makes sense. But yeah, him kind of seeing Joseph run off and ultimately it didn't really lead anywhere. It didn't really mean anything. I, I don't know. He like opens, he opens the co- the 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 locker that he hides in, and he like touches the wall. Yeah, and he, and he finds, finds some like, blood or something for some reason. Yeah, and I was like, okay, is this? Am I imagining this too? Now he can see Joseph. Is he? <laughs> is he in? He is. is he in the? Yeah, I could track him across the city. <clears throat> He's got uh, the scent of Joseph's blood. <laughs> He's just like a werewolf. He just runs off. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I, I kind of took that as him, like, I guess, feeling like he was in the in the shoes of the killer or the bare feet of the killer. I don't know. The whole thing I was kind of like, oh, Yeah, it was there was some weird but I and I don't know. I guess the interesting thing about it is that he got to learn cuz presumably the Isaacsons didn't if I'm correct about the earlier scene where Sarah tells Roosevelt that the body's going to Bellevue. Um Laszlo is the only person to learn other than maybe John that the eyes were left on the body. Mm, that's true. Yeah, he gets that piece of but However, they I, get to that without doing any of the. Well, I can see what happened here. BS. It's also kind of hard to tell if that ultimately means anything, or that he just wasn't interrupted by Joseph, because that happens to the body that is found at the Statue of Liberty. There's, there's like a something. Some part of the ritual is disrupted. Either yeah, the hand isn't cut off or something, and they he say, o- oh, "Yeah, he he only had one eye." taken right and they say okay he was caught or he was like he was about to be interrupted and they kind of also reason that this is going to make him angry like he's going to be like angsty and he's going to come at the next one with a vengeance because he missed out on a trophy yeah and i I always thought that was really interesting that they that they were able to call out not only the the pattern that okay the 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 roundsman or whoever was about to interrupt him and he fled rather than stay and fight and finish but also that they thought okay it's gonna take a toll on him though that he's yeah. gonna be pissed forever he's gonna look at his jar and go oh there's one missing <laughs> there's an odd number of eyes like oh like jar. he's also collecting all the state quarters <laughs> and he he doesn't have idaho minnesota <laughs> <sighs> got hawaii even <laughs> where's, yeah. my, where's my montana <laughs> yeah it was i yeah I don't know. I got I got the same vibe. I guess it was hard for me to put a pin on it because it just felt like to me that it just didn't fit. It felt of the first two acts of this episode, or maybe even three, felt like they were on fast forward. Mm-hmm. It's like they totally. forgot that they had ten episodes. I remember, like in episode six or seven, I was like, "We better hit the gas, man!" Because we yeah. got a lot of shit to do. Yeah. And 
now is a bad time to do it. <laughs> so it, that, and I think that's a sim- the Lazlo stuff is a symptom of that. But yeah. um, any other thoughts on Lazlo there? Or do you want to talk about Beecham for a little bit? Or I, I really love Beecham's apartment. I think it's such a cool, yeah. uh, such a cool environment. I love uh, them. Just being there, it's it, it's so well done. It was the, really the different being there in the great. day too. Yeah, with it all lit up. The shot of, of Laszlo walking on the alley towards it was so so awesome. Mm-hmm. It totally invoked the cover of the book. And yeah, I, and I was like, oh, this, this good, this is good stuff right <laughs> here. Really liked that. That's good. No, we could talk about Beecham. We can save him for later when there's a little bit more, if you want, but. <laughs> Uh, right <laughs> <laughs> so i take it you're disappointed in the portrayal oh, immensely <laughs> <laughs> incredibly so and it, everything surrounding the final confrontation is just so well let's all right so dim-witted let's let's, let's save it then we'll get there they, in, they let the intern write the last script <laughs> it's a real bad decision <laughs> don't do that we'll, we'll get there let's go to act three uh, Sarah theorizes that Beecham. Oh wait, the one, the one thing I did like though about the cat smashing scene uh, is <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the, the That's way the chapter it, title on the DVD: Cat Smashing. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> cat Smasher is his band. Uh, the way they shoot him is really cool because you can't really get a good look at him, but you get just enough that yep. I was like, "Oh, that was creepy." Like, yep. you, you, like if you paused it, you could maybe make out some of his facial features and like the general vibe of his outfit but I, I really liked that it was kind of like for some reason it reminded me of it and i was like like it was just only a glimpse of this of this thing yeah you 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 avoid an actual face-to-face until the final which is so dope i mean just show him it's fine like let me see this guy we've been building this guy up for so long yeah like in the books if i don't see his face that's cool because i never see his face because they're words yeah but in the show, you've been building him for so I really was expecting when Joseph was laying there for him to just like lean into the shot, which would have been so unsettling. Like again, take an, take an actual note from it. There were so many moments where they literally just let Pennywise's face just come into the shot. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't it's not a jump scare. He's not deformed or deranged. He's just there. And it is so creepy when someone just makes eye contact like that and they're and they're a creepy looking person well they should have done it i think it would have relieved some of the pressure on the facial tick yes scene but we can uh oh boy that facial tick. yeah yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that i love that rise of cobra animation (laughs) (laughs) all right act three sarah theorizes that beecham has taken the name john after john the baptist since his ritual typically includes bodies of water and water (laughs) of some kind she She followed johnson (laughs) johnson you just saw those kids outside playing in the water we were talking about his name right yeah last week when you had an epiphany but you didn't (laughs) say anything do you remember in episode four when i realized we saw water at all these (laughs) yeah yeah Oh man! Anyway, I just love to blame John. It's Moore's <laughs> fault. Uh, the feast of John the Baptist is the next holy day, and she thinks that Highbridge Tower may be the next place for a murder due to the map found in Beecham's residence because they found a different one. I think it's a great guess. Yeah, uh, Esther finds Marcus on the street and informs him that she wasn't looking for a father for her baby, but she also doesn't want to die alone. She just wants him to stop crossing the street whenever he sees her coming. John arrives home to find Laszlo chatting up Gran about murders and multi-murderers when Laszlo asks John to the opera. John refuses since it's on the day of the next killing, 
but Laszlo insists that he's being followed slash tailed, and they attend, and wants them to wa- wants to attend, so his pursuers stay away from the investigation. Uh, let's stop there for a little bit. Um, okay. Once again, Sarah making that connection number one feels like it came at the wrong time, and once again, because of its position and where we are in the show, it just feels like them connecting all of the dots to get to the final confrontation and ultimately left me feeling unsatisfied. I can't believe, yeah, I can't believe not one character in this moment just jumped headfirst out the window (laughs) because they should have been like, Hey, we should have connected these dots a long time ago. Like when Laszlo called attention to the calendar and they realized that they were religiously motivated when John made the connection that Sarah already made with the water. It's like, why didn't anyone, I mean, Everyone knows who John the Baptist is, even if you're not a religious. You know, you know. Yeah. And these knuckleheads can't. <laughs> they should. They should have. The, the fact that like nowhere <laughs> in the show does anybody resemble the Tim and Eric mind exploding gif. Ever. No, it's more like a game beast fight. They're just running around, just like <laughs> these floppy people <laughs> flailing about. Yeah. It's so confusing. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't even know what to. What to it especially that. pales in comparison to the last episode. Like I said, the fact they all got together and did some actual police work. Yeah, which and was like so learned much, so much fun to watch and followed a method and even had when reasoning they find out behind his, their stuff. They literally get his name. <laughs> the fact that nobody goes John Water and John Moore's like John. My name is John. <laughs> Am I the killer? He like thinks back to his conversation with Joseph, like looks at his hands and they're just suddenly covered in blood. No! It turns out he drowned his brother and he's been a secret murderer all along. Might have been a more compelling ending. I didn't really make the connection to the Highbridge Tower thing. Did you understand why that? I think, I think she just kind of was like, well... He likes heights, and it's the tallest building in the city, so okay. it seems like a logical choice for things to... She's thinking it's going to be something big. She's not wrong, but she's like, okay, so it's it's the the Feast of John. It's going to be... It's he's she, she, I think, kind of is like Laszlo. She understands that it's partially theater, yeah. that the guy is putting it's on. His, and and this will be the day of his namesake, essentially. Exactly, and, yeah. yeah. This is his the culmination of everything he's been working towards, and... Yeah she uh naturally thinks okay well they've all been elevated so it's going to be somewhere really high and it's not a bad guess yeah uh anything else about that first oh. scene there yeah. uh esther and marcus i guess i can kind of fast let me read the rest of it the 24th of june arrives and everyone prepares for the task no of no, no we should stop because really, i stop? think the opera is an important thing to talk okay. about all right that's fair well let's come back to esther then yeah, I actually really like this scene. Yes. I I thought I I really liked her argument for basically just not being shamed and she feels like this weird attempt at giving Marcus an arc <clears throat> that I don't know the show needed, but this last scene was these last scenes were her best, I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed the I like how how frank she is how down to earth she is she's a kind of a refreshing character because yeah. she is just especially like, in 1896 exactly yeah she's just a regular girl and i i really liked that about her that even when she's having dinner with the the mom and and the brothers she's just really nice she's yeah. a nice person and marcus is marcus isn't a fancy guy yeah. he and lucius aren't fancy dudes but they 
they they had there's kind of like this oh oh she has a baby and like oh and and, and she was married apparently at one point we don't yeah. know what happened to the husband if he ran off it kind of they had an implication of like he split but anyway she's more of an adult than the two of them I think even though mm-hmm. they're dealing with this incredibly <clears throat> adult subject matter and they're very good at their professions and stuff I just love the way she's like you don't have to like be the guy like that's fine and and i i did appreciate though that marcus said to her like i just can't i can't do that like he knows he's like yeah. and he tells her straight up that's better than i think a lot of men would do like oh well good to see you <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i'll call you later i do i do like how lucius was like oh, i've got time yeah it's cool yeah yeah it's throwing marcus but then marcus the just being like i just can't do that i'm not ready and he basically like he owns up to it that he is not either emotionally or mentally not there, but also he's probably a little immature. He's just having a good time with a pretty girl, and then it turned into maybe something more serious, and he's kind of like, oh, 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 no, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. And I just like that she's like, you know, you don't. That, that's cool. but I, She's like, I never asked you for that. Yeah, yeah. But don't act like I'm this, like, plague-ridden witch that you need to stay away from because you feel awkward about the situation. Yeah. I just think that that's a conversation that uh, needed to be heard or yeah he needed he needed to participate in and i, I really liked that I didn't, I didn't really like how they kind of didn't commit i don't i don't know it felt they, it felt like a half fin- like either either like other parts of it died in earlier revisions or no they, they could have ended there and i would have really enjoyed it but then they go back to like everybody saying their farewells and as if they're all gonna just as if they're going off to war yeah and he like kisses her and they for have all this, the for all the marcus and esther shippers on tumblr they were like <laughs> 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 yeah they're they're out there i'm sure uh but it, it just kind of invalidated the conversation, I thought, because I'm like, you're not even either you didn't stop to actually think about it or you're just going with your gut because you think you might die. Like, well, like, oh, I and I mean, the, the other flip side of the coin is the conversation that Marcus and Lucius have on the train. Lucius is like, I know you better than you. You you love her. And this is something that you need to face yeah, up Yeah, maybe to. so. Maybe so. There's little bits there, but it's all incomplete. It feels like sure. incomplete that's a good. That's a good reference. So. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It was good. They, yeah. It was it was one of the better scenes with them because it had it felt like it had a point. We knew what was going on for once. Yes. We were we were clued in on the, yes. on this scene. Wasn't like, hey, check it out. There's a baby behind this curtain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, the old classic baby Cut reveal. To commercial. <laughs> Cut to baby. Cut to commercial. <laughs> Intensify baby close up. Uh so John coming home with Lazo chatting to Gran. That was fun uh, it Gran, was fun Gran is always good Graham Graham uh, she she doesn't like Laszlo in the book though and she doesn't seem to care for him much earlier in the show well I know and then and John makes the comment of oh it's Laszlo now yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like what happened I don't know whatever I think we're just <laughs> as lost as more always is <laughs> in this scene so. they really wanted to put us in more shoes yeah um it's fine. So, and this was another thing that felt rushed to me. The idea that Laszlo realizes that he's being tailed. I did notice that you do see that black carriage following him around in the earlier shots when he's looking at the pool and, and he's, you know, but. Yeah, that happens throughout the show. Actually, after the meeting with Morgan, I think in the book, they see a, a ramping up of the surveillance of mm-hmm. them. And that's when I think Laszlo. So Laszlo has a blow up with Sarah in the book as well, but it's 
partially for the benefit of the rest of the team because they decide Laszlo needs to step away. And also in the wake of what happens to Mary, Laszlo leaves the investigation. But I believe he I believe he keeps Sarah in the loop that he's like planning on coming back. Okay. But John doesn't know. And so when he and when he makes more come with him to the opera, you as the reader do not yet know that, that Laz- Laszlo's that Laszlo back is, in the investigation. Yes, and that okay. some of the other members of the team are clued in, but Moore is, as usual, the one who's <laughs> left outside the loop, and he is always frustrated with them, and it's really, it's just so much fun. But he doesn't know. He's like, why are we at the opera? He's like, I hate the opera, and Laszlo's like, it's pretty much the same situation. He's like, it's fine. Like You can just join them afterwards, or not. It's, it's, the opera's going to be over or whatever. Yeah. And it's at the opera where I think Moore starts to realize something's amiss. And then when they go to leave suddenly, that's when he's like, well, where are we going? And it it stays fairly true to what happened in the show. Okay. All right. But Moore's resistance to go to the opera is, is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was good. But I was like, yeah, it's like you said, it's, it, I felt like I was in John's shoes because I was like, where's this coming from? Mm-hmm. Like why? But you know, Whatever. Laszlo could put on the charm when he wants to, I suppose. He might be able to to talk to the old ladies. and Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I mean, elderly folk are like children. He's a fancy man. Ways. He's got some culture and some money. <laughs> All right. Uh, so back to the recap. Beecham terrorizes Joseph and speaks in tongues, causing Joseph to pee his pants. Uh, the 24th of June arrives, which is the feast of John the Baptist. And everyone prepares for the task of taking down Beecham. Sarah closes up the 808. Marcus visits Esther and apologizes for his behavior before kissing her. And Edith says goodbye to Teddy. John enters the opera, avoiding the invitation to drink by the man who presumably stole Julia away. Mm-hmm. And Laszlo shows him that Burns is watching them as they watch the play. Oh, my God. Is he I'm watching so, them? <laughs> so good. Um, we have to talk about that, but we'll we'll start at the beginning. I just want a green screen shot. Of- <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna cut him out in Photoshop. And, please, yeah, please do. We, we need that insert for him in all these other scenes. Yeah, uh, that'll be one of the Fig Newton, uh, one of the Newton flavors. Will be will be Burns. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, the Isaacsons and Sarah get antsy at Highbridge Tower, and Laszlo smartly uses the pyrotechnics of the opera to slip away undetected. Undetected, but unfortunately, Captain Connor is hot on their tail. Um. Yeah, I like the scenes of everybody kind of, well, Sarah closes up the, the, the store, but mm-hmm. Roosevelt kind of being like, you know, bye, I hope I make it back kind of thing. Yeah, you get that vibe that they know some shit's going to go down. Yeah. Somebody might get hurt. This could be somebody's end, but, mm-hmm. um, and then <laughs> how about, uh, I believe they named him John, Ast- Jack Astor. Yeah, is the guy is was is Jack in the book at all? No, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't think so. So I don't. It, it that felt like a once again another little box ticking on the John, the John character arc. The I'm not going to drink, and also I'm not going to entertain. Uh, yeah, your, I'm not going to take any guff. Your snare of BS that you want to throw at me at this. Yeah, so I, that I think it's also more more just kind of shirking the the socialite status that he had before. He's kind of like I I don't I'm not about this anymore. I don't care to keep up my appearances. Exactly, I'm like, trying to catch a killer. If this guy if this guy walks over to the group and says, "Well, that John Moore sure was a douchebag to me," and they all talk about it, and and Graham hears about it later, he's gonna be like, "I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't matter anymore." Yeah, 
Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. I think he's just in a different place now. Yep. Uh, but yes, Chief Burns. I was dying laughing because I was like, it's the same shot. <laughs> like they keep reusing <laughs> the exact same clip of him. Well, not only that, but then the clip, <laughs> the clip of him where he goes, any fruit to declare, just <laughs> staring at them. <laughs> The uh, the shot of him looking at the pyrotechnic. He's so delighted. It, yeah, it, he's so happy by it. It's beautiful. Like he's, he like the first shots of him. His concentration is unbroken. Oh, absolutely. Like they could have put a camera in front of him, Ted Levine, for like seven hours, and he was looking at the same spot the entire time. Yeah. But then the fact that he would just be, oh, there's explosions Ooh, in this opera. The grand finale. <laughs> I can't miss this. <laughs> And he's so delighted by it. Like, he's forgetting he's why he's He's quite taken there. with it, yeah. Which, I mean... At the time, I'm probably. sure in his mind, he's like, well, they haven't moved. They're not going to move now. Yeah. He probably doesn't think they're clever enough to use that as the moment. He might not be but clever even then, enough like, to realize they would try to do the that. The explosions, like, I feel like they're lighting up the area more. Like, he's like, quickly, John, go now. Yeah. And like, I'm like, okay, but everyone sees you now <laughs> in this moment more than they did before. <laughs> In the book, they get uh, Cyrus and Stevie to take their place, uh, which is really funny. Interesting. They, they get them to dress up in like tuxes because it's it's dim. Like you can't yeah. really you see the silhouettes of people, but you can't make out their facial features. There's no lighting in the theater in the boxes like yeah. during the show. So there, he's just like there need to be two bodies. And I think in the book, Moore's kind of like whoa. And all of a sudden, Laszlo gets up and he's like, come on. And he's like, what? And then Cyrus and Stevie come in and sit down. And I think that's when Moore's kind of like, wait, what the f- what's going on here? I feel like they could have done that, though. You know? Yeah. I'm a little bummed they didn't. Like, Because Laszlo's- Burns looking back and seeing Cyrus and Stevie in the box would have been such a good Well, game. no. I, I was just kind of thinking of a scene where, like, like, you know, essentially Burns sees that there's still people there. So he runs and goes and like, like, I don't know, maybe he comes in to check up on them or say hello or something like that. And he finds that it's Stevie and right. And as if the viewer wouldn't know either. Yeah, Yeah, that would have been good for sure. But yeah, no. It also would have been funny if he just like uh, like that finale and turns around and looks and it's just this giant black dude <laughs> and this little kid and he's like, <laughs> hey, were they there the whole time? Uh oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, that's pretty much it for the rest of this act, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, Act Four. Oh, hybrid! When you were talking about them getting antsy at, at Highbridge, I love how. It's something I, I forget to think about, but how completely dark it is. Yeah. <laughs> because there's no streetlights anywhere. There's nothing. Yeah. And it's so dark. And I was like, oh my God, even if you were there, he could, it feels like he could sneak in. You know what I mean? <laughs> like stand- what are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> it's just so dark. And I was like, oh, how did people live back then? <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> to just think like, oh, sun's down. Let's go to bed, I guess. We were just talking at work about the fact that, like, years ago, when people were making reports, instead of copying and pasting a picture, a JPEG into a report, they had to go and order film to use on a camera to take pictures of samples and then literally paste them into a report that was being, like, filed away. That was just 20 years ago. Like, I can't imagine 120 years ago what... It's crazy. Yeah, like I said, that telephone scene was so striking. Yeah. And when they're in Washington, because you're like, oh, man, a phone. Yeah. Phone's probably so And all cool. detective shows, people just pull their cell phone out of their pocket and call who they need to talk to. But the idea that, like, you know. Yeah. Got their number and I cross-reference their addresses. <laughs> Ran a trace swarm. on this. Swarm. Yeah. 
antithetical to 24. But yeah. All right. Act four. Sarah leaves Highbridge Tower to go and find Laszlo and John, who are presently in a carriage discussing the fact that Laszlo made John lie to everyone to keep the police away from the actual site of the next murder. Laszlo explains that in leaving the latest victim's eyes, Beecham has changed, and as such, he will be doing something different than expected tonight. The heart found at Beecham's place was not a child's, but actually someone older, his mother's. And Laszlo explains that the heart holds not only love, but also pain. Laszlo and John step out of the carriage at Croton Reservoir, Reservoir and head inside to hear Joseph screaming before Beecham knocks him out. They make the word to Joseph when Beecham gets the jump on both of them and climbing and by climbing on the plumbing above. I'm going to stop there. Uh, I was pretty disappointed that we got nothing on Beecham and his mother other than... Yeah, so I remembered that Hart was not one of the victims. Yes. It was, it was older. Yep. I thought it was from one of the first kids he killed, if not the first kid. But I think I think in the book it is his mom's. But the idea, I guess that's the thing. You don't necessarily have to give it yet. We can talk about it next time more. But the idea in the book, you last week you made me feel as though the book gives you more about what how, why Beecham hates his mother and, and his parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? I don't know if I want to yet, just in case anybody, like I, I was thinking of having like a book spoilery section next time. Okay, that's fair. Just to, just in case anybody. Right, you got to write it up reading. on the board. Yeah. Also, there was something I said earlier we needed to talk about next week. I've already forgotten it. Well, I'll figure it out. Okay. I'll listen to this episode and I'll write them in. But anyway, um, no, the idea that it was her heart was pretty like, oh, all right. Gross. That makes sense. And how, do, how do gross. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This say, looks like a woman's heart. doesn't say mom on the <laughs> outside of the box. It's like one of those tattoos with like the ribbon across the front yeah, of the exactly. heart. Yeah, with a knife through it. And yeah. A snake nearby. <laughs> yeah, I think in the book they are given more clues as to why that would be the case. And yeah. in the show, because they are never presented with all the information, it's quite the leap for Laszlo to go, it must be his mom's. <laughs> I would, my gut would be like, it's his first victim's. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. I'm no shrink. Yes. Um,. <clears throat> And well, then, the the reservoir. Yes. Oh man, it's exactly as I imagined it. Like the the establishing shot of it, like yes. going up to reveal the four corners of it and the actual reservoir. Either Caleb Carr is so descriptive, which I know he is very descriptive, but it, that that is exactly what I, how I pictured it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Well, and I think there's I don't know if there's pictures, but there's at least drawings of the actual reservoir. Like it was a real reservoir. Yeah, in I guess New that's York, true. So. Yeah, I've never I, looked at them though. But yeah. Somehow, what I pictured was exactly what I saw. Yeah. So I, Caleb Carr was probably referencing. Yeah. Historical, the, or the maybe it's still standing. I have no it could idea. Be, yeah. But you know, that makes sense. So the entire this entire confrontation goes down very differently in the book. Uh, I don't think it's really a book spoiler to say that. Everything that happens for the next like 15 minutes of the show doesn't happen. Well, the idea that... uh, Well, okay. All right. I'll read it here. Um, So I left off where Beecham got the jump on both of them by climbing the plumbing above. Laszlo starts to plead with Japheth, and we finally get to see his tick face to face. Japheth threatens to take Laszlo's eyes, but he explains he wants Laszlo to see what he's about to do. Connor is hot on their tail, and Sarah is hot on his. So as Japheth picks up Joseph to head up to the top of the reservoir, Connor shoots him in the back. Connor threatens to kill everyone and claim and there and claim the glory, 
but not before Sarah shows up and distracts him. He starts choking Sarah when she shoots him in the gut, killing him. Laszlo notices Japheth is gone as Sarah tends to John and John tends to Joseph. Laszlo finds Japheth atop the reservoir, bleeding out, and he attempts to comfort Japheth and ask why Japheth was killing these children, but not before Japheth dies in his lap. Connor's not in the book. Connor is in the book, but not in this capacity. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, that doesn't happen. So, like, it, the it, chase through the tunnels is not, not, not there. As, yeah. No. Um, Sarah doesn't get there, I think, until after it's all gone down. I'm pretty sure that they don't arrive on the scene until after everything is has well, yeah because you said earlier that joseph joseph doesn't make it in the joseph book, is not even the last victim on the scene oh, really? another kid he abducts another kid and has him at the reservoir hmm. but basically i feel like this isn't really going to be a spoiler i'm not worried about it basically they head to the reservoir and more the whole time is like why did you send them to, uh, to the tower yeah. why'd you let them in laszlo's like because and it's for the same reason he's like i can't have the cops here yeah like if we're gonna catch him we need to, if if we confront him, Laszlo's like pretty certain, like he will, we will catch him. Basically, he's pretty pretty sure. Plus, Laszlo is counting on the fact that he's being tailed still, and so that they're gonna have some some backup in yeah. the form of. But they're being they're being tailed by Paul Kelly's people. Okay. In the book, there's a couple characters like uh, they're kind of on the on the level of Biff. Um, that are that they run into repeatedly and I can't remember their names right now. But they're they're regular guys they keep running into and they keep having scrapes with. <clears throat> and uh Laszlo's kind of like he knows they're following him and he's like, if I go to the killer, they're interested in him being apprehended quietly too. So they will be he's kind of counting on them to help. Yeah. Basically. It's kinda of like at the end of Galaxy Quest. And he has all the mines behind the ship and he <laughs> flies through. Um, he's just basically leading them along to to where the killer, knowing that they, they can be they can be the muscle exactly. Um, um, but he wants to have that, and this is where he's putting himself in danger because he's he wants to have that conversation. He needs to know why. And yeah, he needs to be able to talk to this man, which I don't think was something that came across to me earlier in the show ever. Nah, the idea really. that Laszlo wants. To literally ask him why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Because um, he, he can only put forth theories, but he wants... He's a scientist, really. He wants yeah. to know if he's right or not. Or he wants the answers. So, I guess in the book, you don't have to go into detail, but does he get to have that conversation or no? No. Yeah. Uh, but the they get to the reservoir and they position themselves and John's like, Oh, we're, they're up. They're up on the roof of it. Basically they're somewhere on one of those. They're above, they're surveying it. And John's kind of like, well, how do you know he's going to be here? And Laszlo's like, Oh, I know I'm, I'm right. Trust me. And they see him from like above, they're above and they see him walk out onto one of like those corners of the reservoir, basically with the victim. Hmm. And that's where he began. They see him like with a knife and they see him like touching the victim's face and like talking to him. And he's totally in nude, like as, as is usual. Um, and that's the first time they ever see him. And I think it's the first time that there's ever been the idea that he'd be naked. I think they're kind of like, whoa, shit. Mm. Like this guy's naked up here. <laughs> and uh, they go down to confront him and he quickly changes from like, 
in control hunter aggressor to like scared kid. He reverts back to Japeth basically. Uh, and it happens when Laszlo calls him by his Japeth. name. He calls yeah. him Japeth and he like turns and the tick starts to go out of control. They say in the book it's like repeatedly seizing and he he like starts cowering because he's kind of like I've been caught. Like I've been caught in the act. I don't know what to do and someone knows my real name yeah. and like who are these people? Who are these strange men who know me? He ends up getting shot, but I think it's by the Swede or mm. one of those guys is ends up shooting him because they want him taken down and they don't care so much about like, it ends up backfiring on Laszlo basically. Yeah. And Laszlo does ask him like why and I think Japheth starts to say something but then just croaks. Yeah, And so he does not get the answer. But the confrontation is... I saw somebody, before I actually watched this episode, I saw somebody online going, well, that's it. Like, it just gets taken down like that. And I was like, oh, all right. So it's pretty true to the book. But this whole, like, pursuit through the tunnels and, like, these fist fights and this, he chokes, <laughs> he chokes out Laszlo, then John, then goes back and does Laszlo again. And then, like, kind of, he, like, is, I was like, is he just going to keep chokeholding them back and <laughs> forth, like, for 20 minutes? Like, I didn't, I didn't get that they were being chokeholded, just that he was, like, essentially. Or like, sleeper hold. It, like, it was yeah. like, he, he, like, put Laszlo out and then you know John's like Laszlo and he like sees the candle and then yep. and then it happens to John and then Laszlo gets up and keeps coming and then back to Laszlo and I was like is it just gonna keep going back and forth because I'm really into that if so I think it could be really funny yeah but they, this this sort of action hand-to-hand combat pistols involved like confrontation doesn't happen it's a confrontation of like words and like presenting the man with the mirror basically saying you know he, we know who you are and and we're on to you and you're caught like it's over give yeah. up it's so much more compelling for sure and just this whole like thing through the tunnels i was like oh it's so dorky <laughs> and like, we never really get a good look at him like no even oh, let's talk about that tick so but, what the oh fuck? my okay. god i only i didn't go back and watch it again i watched it one time when i watched the episode and i was like is that cgi i'm like did they cgi his face and like make it look like something's under his skin honestly it looks like somebody loaded a bad gif like it looks like the data moshing subreddit <laughs> like somebody with a really terribly artifacted computer image it looks like they tried to present the idea that his face actually is like transforming yes he looks like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, right? Like it's and it's so that's not stupid. what it is. Yeah. It's a contraction. It's just a facial spasm. Which, like, I mean, <clears throat> maybe that's a really difficult. Like maybe they hired the dude and then they're you know, like, "Hey, do this tick," and then he's like, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> that's how it looked. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? <laughs> he's like barely winking his eye or something like that, and I don't like. I it's got to be a hard thing. And I get why they would rely on, but CG, even in the book, but, they just say it looks like a like a really bad wince. Like yeah. it's just a really, it's like the muscles are pulling back in this direction of his face. Like I feel like you could do that. Yeah. I feel like an actor can do that. Yeah, and I feel like that's the def- that's one of the defining moments. Like I don't know why else they cast this guy because there's nothing <laughs> else about him that hey, I mean. Can you wince weirdly and and like just like you know convincingly <laughs> on a camera? You've got the part. That's what I'm saying. Though. Yeah. That's what they should have done. That, that, like, yeah, that should have been somebody with some call. presence. I mean, like, yeah, he looks he looks physically in, in, imposing, but yeah. he looked too much like a like a backwoods. But he, he's not really described as looking that way in the book. Like, he looked like a weird scraggly dude who's been making yeah. moonshine for like too long. <laughs> like, he just he, he looked all scruffy and weird, and like all this lank hair. And 
I just was really, really unsatisfied. It's nothing like he's presented in the book. Yeah. He just in the book, he's very, very clearly defined as being like a very like kind of. I don't want to. I don't know. His features are very. I I can picture in my head what he looks like. Because in the book, they do a really good job of explaining. But they, they don't talk about like a patchy beard and like all this long hair. Yeah. I think he's balding. If any, like Adam, he's got like short hair. Yeah. He's got like a a real big prominent nose and like big broad square jawed face. He probably should. He should have been played by Rob Gronkowski. Really, like that's kind of how he's described <laughs> as looking. It's just like that, like this big yeah. kind of crow magnon dude. And Rob Riggle. <laughs> oh my god that would have been amazing I love Rob Wiggle he's Rob great. Wiggle he can pop up in anything he's in that club <laughs> along with um. oh my god I know this guy's name immediately all the time and now I'm blank yeah he's in everything he was in last night's episode of Bl- uh, Blackish <laughs> Rob Hubel I thought it was also uh, a Rob okay uh, yeah. you know who Rob Hubel I love is. Rob Hubel yes he's okay. great so it's Rob Hubel yeah he pops up in everything and he's always funny <laughs> and he's never really the same character twice he was just in uh, some movie we saw, some comedy. I don't remember. He played like a sleazy. Uh, oh no, he's it was in uh, I Love You, Man, and uh, uh, I just saw it for the first time recently. Yeah. So anyway, yes, Rob Hubel and that and Rob Riggle. Um, <clears throat> he's in that club. <laughs> yeah. So Rob. Neither Riggle of them would have been good in in this no, in this kidding. show. Yeah, and Rob Hubel for more. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually. No, work. the the. <laughs> actually yeah <laughs> kind of dunderheaded uh yeah just so the whole the whole final confrontation there's n- there's not much more i can say without just repeating myself which i'd be happy to do normally but well it's just the whole thing is just kind of a bummer because in the book it it's so striking the way that for once laszlo and they get the jump on him they are in position before he is yeah. they get there before he's there and then they're waiting and waiting and then they see him and they're like, oh shit, there he is. Like, he's real. There he is. Like, he's right there. And then it, it continues to unfold from there. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the one thing that I will say, well, first of all, apologies to everyone. Nick spoiled the fact that Sarah has a gun. <laughs> Not oh. actually a real spoiler. Who cares? But. Yeah, uh, she should have been been sporting that thing the whole show. Yeah. She's like, is, it's like a part of her character, the fact that she's yeah. armed. Well, the. And I guess the other thing is I wanted to say Connor choking her was another thing that came to me as like the that's the turning point for her mm-hmm. where that is happening to her and she shoots him. And that it is also literally like, taking the power back, essentially. Totally mirrored the eyelash part. Yes. Which was awesome. Yes. I loved they that same, same close angles. up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For really, sure. really, really symmetrical cool. shot. Yep. For sure. Loved it. That was really, really Loved good. Loved that part. Yep. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, I'll say the same thing. <clears throat> it fe- it did not feel like the confrontation that the show was building to. Oh, heavens to no. me. So, it, it, you know, some disappointment there for sure. Japheth should have been, or Beecham, I guess is what I, should have been so terrifying. And it, they just really reduced him down to like, I don't know, just guy running through hallway. Like he just felt like any villain at the end of any movie who's got a hostage and a gun. Like he just was like Hans Gruber running away. Well, and even the scenes where he's not being pursued, we see him twice this episode with Joseph, and he's just acting like crazy dude. Yeah, there's no, 
no semblance of relating to him. There's no semblance of understanding him. It's like the first scene you see the guy, he beats a cat in a bag. You're never going to relate to that dude. So it's kind of like, it just feels like a big missed opportunity with Japheth. Totally. And and it's, it's a real bummer because the show, I mean, he's, he's the, the reason they're all there. Yeah. And you still never even really get a great look at him either. No. Like the facial tick shot is so bizarre with the Scorpion King animation. <laughs> and just what a weird choice. And he's He looks like uh he looks like when Rogue is touching Logan in <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. X-Men. <laughs> How many more movies can we compare this to? <laughs> Other movies that did it better. But these are all things that happened in the early 2000s is the common thread here. This is like when computer animation was like hot yeah. and new. It looks like in Tron when they drew yes, over when all those the spiders are chasing them. <laughs> it's yeah. it just is such a misstep. Like there's yeah. what a bad choice. Don't like <laughs> anybody whose face does that. <laughs> you're not <laughs> Like I They're said, not getting released like a, from the right. From the like I said, like two or three episodes ago, it was always the last thing they talked. Like, oh, really nice guy. Yeah. Up. Oh, he had he had a he had a, a bummer of a face though. Like, no. If their face is doing that, where it looks like the mummy, where the scarabs are crawling underneath, that's the first thing you talk about ever. You you don't get far enough. That guy doesn't get hired to do the census. No. no no who's opening the door for yeah. that dude and being like let me tell you about my family yeah for edgar from yeah. men in black <laughs> <laughs> standing there <laughs> no oh, not happening Oh god yeah anyway pass pass uh, on that guy we can we can we can circle back around if anybody else has any good uh yeah i was i was really let down and i and i knew what to expect for some of it I, I was let down by the way it was executed and the way the actual confrontation went down i was let down by the really dopey pursuit through the tunnels uh also the stupidity of both these guys be like joseph is yeah. they're chasing him I'm like what are you doing like oh here he is lying on the ground in the dark the one advantage you have right now is that he doesn't know that you know yep so, and that's kind of what La- part of Laszlo's position in the book is like, we're going to get the drop on him for once. Like mm-hmm. he will become the prey and we are the hunter. Like this is not normal for him and he's going to lose his shit. Yeah. Which he does, which is great. And I'm not saying that, <clears throat> I do think he should have been much more imposing. He should have been much creepier. They should have shot him in such a way that all I can think of right now is this shot from like, it's from one of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. I think it's from Casino Royale where you see just his eyes as he's, I think it's in the opening scene. And you see just this part of his eyes are lit and the rest is silhouette. It's when he's yeah. sneaking up on the, the guy who becomes his, his first kill, his second kill. Um, and it's such an amazing way to shoot someone's face and eyes. And like we needed that kind of stuff with Beecham. We needed to see these pieces of his face before we get the final reveal. Yeah. And it feels like the people who were in charge of this episode had never seen any sort of reveal previously and how to do it effectively. And in a way that is going to continue to build the tension, but like, okay, you do the cat smash, you do the, you do, <laughs> no, I just heard like cat scratch fever in my head, but <laughs> cat smash fever instead. Uh, you see his boots and him like kneeling down and talking to Joseph and talking to him, little mumbles. <laughs> and, and 
but show us pieces of him. Like, get us excited for this reveal. They had so much opportunity too. Like, and instead he just turns to into like like ha- lanky hair man. <laughs> you never even really get a good look at him. And we need He's to basically Bigfoot. <laughs> See that that shot of him, <laughs> that fam- famous picture. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, the and the kind of just what I. You always earlier, get you always get to see the killer. You always get to make that connection. And but earlier in the series, even we get these shots of him tossing eyes in the stew and like all this kind of stuff. Like we get the they, silhouettes of him approaching the yeah, buildings. And, but we never like the fact that we know that this dude's face is supposed to have some kind of disconcerting tick to it. You would think that they would have teased it out a little bit better than just the here's this weird Paul Greengrass cat smashing sequence (laughs) (laughs) like freaking out just making noises too yeah just that that was unsettling which was effective but at the same time beecham's not really this he's not this like violent thrashing out tasmanian devil there was no part of that man that i felt could hold the job as a census taker you know (laughs) keep coming back to that yeah i don't know it's it really broke the ice pack what is his monster.com profile (laughs) like what is on his resume Anyway. Yeah, I mean, you could see how he would have the job of, like, you know, debt collector yeah. from, like, these like these loan sharks or whatever. But at the same time, it's implied that he's scary because of his presence, not because his face starts to Not because he's running down the street flailing his arms. Just throwing like, cats in the walls. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. <laughs> he's, he's, he's presented as so calculating and, like collected at all times and that's very much the way it is in the book too is that he's he's not just like i swear if that guy was they wouldn't release that guy no no i don't know it was uh, i don't know and and again like him him trying to scare joseph i don't know it's just strange yeah joseph seems to have fallen into his lap by accident too he wasn't planning on i mean you hold him in that basement for a week. Yeah. Also, what the hell happens to Joseph? We never get any resolution on that. No. He just vanishes. No. Yeah. John. 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 He opens his eyes and John sees that. And then he's like, "You're good. Bye." Yeah. There was no uh, John signing the adoption papers. There was no. Or yeah. No John treating him to to an egg to cream. To an egg cream. Yeah. Which would have been so good. Egg cream and some fig Newtons. Oh man, those Newtons! <laughs> get down. I'm bringing a box. I was going to bring a box today, but I'm going to bring some next week. Good. So yeah. If any, if we do end up doing a video portion to next week's podcast, I will be shoving my face full of delicious fig Newtons. Good, good. Uh, and I will I will print that tweet and tape that picture <laughs> of him onto my box of fig Newtons. Wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I want to keep talking about it, but only because. I'm so thoroughly bummed, but I have nothing new to, to add yeah, to it. Yeah, we will we'll revisit next week. I'm sure that it will be something that we. Yeah, I just can't to. put my disappointment into words, really. Yeah, or what I expected. I think it'll take some time for us to fully process and then go from there. So. It's a bummer. All right, let's go to Act Five. Back at Laszlo's, Teddy asks Sarah what happened with Captain Connor. John tries to cover for her, but she owns up to it. Teddy shares, "You've always had the courage to do what's needed to be done." Your father would have been proud of you. After dis- dissecting Japheth's brain, Lazlo announces that it seemed perfectly healthy. John wants to know what this proves, but Lazlo explains it only proves that they don't know anything. Teddy still praises Lazlo for being able to find a killer who had no connections to, a vi- to his victims, but Lazlo mourns the fact that while they were expecting a monster, all they found was a wounded child. Stopping right here for a second. That describes the book better than it does the show. Yes. 
for sure. Definitely. With what you just said, there was no part of reverting back to a child that we saw in that confrontation at all. No. But, uh, but Laszlo is certain the future will bring more opportunities to one day learn what compels a man to do good or evil. Let's stop there. Uh, the Teddy and Sarah scene. Once again. So Teddy must know the truth about the situation with Sarah. I feel like he has to. Based on his line about you've always had the courage to do what is necessary. Well, and she mentions that they that Teddy and her father were friends at yeah. least. So maybe he was the he he was probably there or something like that. I don't know what if he was with police or something like that or like what the deal is. He he's close enough to someone who knew what actually happened. Yeah. That was one but, Teddy moment that I liked. Yeah, count him on one hand, and that was that was one that I enjoyed. His anger at at first, and then I I will say that I don't feel as though her explanation felt like it deserved that that line from Teddy. That like she she's just kind of like I shot him, and then he's like your father would be proud of you <laughs> you just right. shouted dude like there was no amount of we had to kill him he was gonna kill all of us Nothing. good point yeah so it, it it's a minor point but ultimately i like the moment anyway yeah same here uh and then the conversation after laszlo reveals that the brain is normal they the idea that they're in there just dissecting the brain and laszlo's like study or whatever mm-hmm gross but also that's what laszlo would do for sure yeah that's that's what happens in the book because laszlo when he can't get the answers out of japeth directly he's like well i'm gonna dig into that skull and see what i come up with yeah because this is all new at that point it's like you know what makes this guy behave this way is there a part of his brain that's gone or rotted out or what yeah no it makes sense uh any thoughts about the conversations that they have there no, I liked it. That that was that was accurate to the book too, with the the conclusion that ultimately that the brain can be physically in perfect condition, yeah. and the person can still be destroyed. Yeah, and uh, you know, I like Laszlo's mild amusement at the whole situation, just kind of like you know, proves that we don't know shit. Yeah, yeah. And then Teddy, I did like also Teddy being the one to be like, "Hey, man, like, don't sell yourself short." Yeah, you just performed a miracle mm-hmm. and and modernize essentially yeah uh back to the recap teddy publicly praises captain connor for his courage and awards a medal of commendation to his family in his death surprising chief burns by how diplomatic he's being the group gather for dinner at delmonico's and drink to friendship and laszlo hands a ring to john that was originally meant for mary but he hopes john will find someone to give it to john and sarah walk along the road at night and sarah laments the end of the investigation and John confirms his feelings for her, but she believes he just wants what he can't have. John realizes Sarah will live life on her own terms now as much as she can, as he attempts to call her a cab but fails, and she calls one instead. He then steals the cab from her and rides off. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful John moment. Uh, so I'll come back to the final moment there. But um, the Teddy Captain Connor Burns scene, how did you feel about that? It took me somewhat by surprise but it also kind of felt like the moment in that teddy maybe realizes that it feels extremely on roosevelt to me but the idea that 
Roosevelt might be able to root out this corruption in a diplomatic manner that doesn't cause the public to distrust him. Or to distrust the police so much. Yeah. No, I... I... It's hard because my gut is to be like, well, the guy was a disgraced cop who was racist and and nasty and was certainly on the take. Yeah, yeah, and just was like pretty much you have no reason to call him a hero cop. So it's a weird. It is it is almost like a weird peace offering between him and Burns to be like, I'm gonna make sure your boy looks okay. But at the same time, Burns could easily be like, well, he's not my guy. Yes. So I, I don't ultimately I don't really know what the point was other to maybe make a family feel like. Well, and that's the thing. It certainly feels as though it's in part for Connor's family. But I think it places Roosevelt closer to being back in the good graces of J.P. Morgan. Like it's that. Yeah, that he's willing to play ball and be diplomatic and, and do the right thing in their eyes. And he... He may also be picking his battles. Like this is not, this is not the place to make a stand. Do you think he? We don't really get it explicitly spoken about, but do you think he is? Do you think Connor's giving credit for killing Japeth? Probably. Yeah. I mean, he did. Like, do they? <laughs> do they? Do they hide Laszlo's involvement in it behind Connor's death? Yeah. Probably. probably yeah. yeah. That's I interesting. Mean, Connor is the one who shot him. Yeah. And they're probably just going to say like he was just shot by Japeth and anyone in the public is just going to read it and go, oh yeah, that guy must have had a gun. They're not going to know any better. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, Delmonico's, the moment with the ring was, I I thought it was great. Yeah. Like that was, yeah, absolutely. Even... It wasn't so much Laszlo offering it, but John's realization that like this has the most meaning that Laszlo could ever put in a gesture, essentially, mm-hmm. I thought was well displayed and acted and portrayed. Yes. I, my favorite part of that was his reaction to those literally just say, thank you, Laszlo. Yeah. Rather, there was no cheesy, oh, I couldn't possibly, no, I can't, Laszlo, Laszlo, are you serious? Like, it was just... He knew what it meant. He knows that Laszlo is is that he's not gonna mince words. Yep. And that he's gonna say, "I'm offering you this thing. Take it." Yep. And I I just loved that reaction. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then John and Sarah on the street, him stealing the cab, riding off <laughs> into the sunset, <laughs> into the into the sunrise. Yeah, that was awesome. That was hilarious. It was the most. That was the most more thing that he's done all series. <laughs> like that's totally the move that Mo Moore from the book would pull, and he would do it totally on purpose and be like, "See you later, Howard," and just like <laughs> bail. And uh, yeah, I really liked how how cavalier that was, and I loved the final shot of him just like looking out yeah. over the top of it, back at her. out of the out of the top of the carriage. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah, like standing riding whipping the horses himself yeah yeah it was very funny <laughs> that's why that's why he cast luke evans for moments like that <clears throat> the the idea the that, actual conversation was very good too though yes yes well and her like once again this is where i feel like her arc comes to the end of like yeah john, john's got his on the nose remarks of well women might even get to vote in the future <laughs> yeah it was great but uh <laughs> 
clearly society has somewhere to go still, but Sarah is a person who realizes that that's where she wants to be in society. She wants to have that power and agency that isn't afforded to the women of the time. Mm -hmm. But then for him to kind of like fling it back in her face of like, oh, well, you can take care of yourself, so I'm going to steal your carriage, I think. Silly but enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I'm just going to abandon you on this street corner at night. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's cool that he knows she'll be fine. It's not It's not the most gentlemanly gesture, and I think he's probably just... That is, in his mind, the best way he can say, I know you could take care of yourself, is that I'm going to... I wouldn't hesitate to leave Laszlo on this corner... Why should you be any different? You've got, you're carrying that little pistol around with you, and you just you kill can, the dude. You can do the whistle. <laughs> you're gonna get a taxi like in seconds after I'm gone. Yep. They seem like they were in like an okay neighborhood too. So yeah. It's yeah. not like well, where they, yeah. It was like they're walking away yeah. from Delmonico's. So exactly. Like they're they're not in like the where they've been hanging out. Parisa's Hall or anything. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was yeah. a, it was an interesting scene. I liked. I felt like the dynamic between the two of them, where like. It's been put out there, and it is going to be what it is. And I also like that John is just going to accept it. And he's like, oh, I can wait then, you know, if that's cool, if that's what it's going to take. And maybe they will both move on. Maybe he'll move on and find somebody else and whatever. Yeah. Maybe they'll get married after the season. Like, we don't know where they're going to wind up. I know mm-hmm. where they wind up in the books, but uh, I don't know what the f- what fate is in store for them in, in the show. And that's cool. I like that he's kind of out there. But... The, the saddest thing about it all is the dynamic between the two of them in this scene is the way I wish they had been the entire series because yeah. it's the way they are in the books. They're just comfortable and they're relaxed and there's none of this like he's not doing like a prancing courtship ritual <laughs> around her all the time like he is in the, in the, well, and he, in the and, show. And he's not uh, in the book is he treating he's not treating her as like this fragile flower that No, she he is. treats her like a sister. He, he, he treats her like she's just one of the gang yeah once in a while he jumps in and he's kind of like because it is his instinct to much like luke evans in in the in this the series to be like oh maybe we shouldn't talk about that here like he does do that yeah because it's his instinct and she tells him right away like john moore shut your mouth or i'm gonna shut it for you and he's kind of like yep, all right i know who i'm <laughs> dealing with yeah it's much more of like this I, I i i feel like there's another cinematic or, or television couple i can equate it to but I just can't quite figure out who it is now. I mean, it's 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 a well-worn yeah kind of chemistry, Trope, yeah. yeah, like Han and Leia before their romantic kind of thing, yeah, and and even like Mal and and Zoe to mm-hmm. an extent, and also Mal and uh, um, every other woman, woman pretty much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> except for Kayla, yeah, <laughs> where there's just this kind of back and forth, and he wants to he wants to be manly but does it's it's not required yeah and they can take care of themselves yep. and it's this it's this really fun uh tightrope to watch him walk because he he's not trying to be a dick he just but at the same time like if if you're a man like if i walk up to a building and i and i just there's a woman six feet behind me if i open the door and just walk in and don't hold the hold the door for her what kind of asshole am i yeah but at the same time, like, would I hold it for a dude? Maybe. I don't know. You know what I mean? But why Why are they different? Mm-hmm. Should they be? Shouldn't they be? I don't know. So I'm just going to hold the door yeah. until, until I'm told otherwise. Yeah. No. For sure. That's the kind of situation I feel like Moore is perpetually in with her in the book. <laughs> and it's just really fun. 
And they they don't have much fun in this show, really, yeah. together. That's yeah. why even the one time when he's shining his shoes, he's like, because you find me handsome. And she's like, oh, John. And like laughs. <laughs> I was like, this is this is coming out of left field because they haven't been this way the whole time. Yeah. And they're not going to be again until literally this scene. Yeah. So I kind of wish they had already known each other before the series started, like they do in the books. And he he laid out his love for her. If they were going to go that route, I would have rather have been in like episode two or three. Yeah. So they could spend the rest of the time just him being like, oh, one of these days, I don't know. And like just keep talking about it, but like move beyond the tension. As much as I liked the the scene in the bar, it just wasn't really worth it. Yeah. To have them just be so stiff around each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then finally... Laszlo sits next to a mute old man that turns out to be his father. He explains that he feels free to speak his mind and that while he blamed his fa- uh, he blamed his shortcomings on what his father did to him, he now owns those shortcomings all himself. And while his father believed that nature never allows a man to be more than he is, only less, Laszlo now realizes that people can be better than nature intended even if his father can't. Uh, this is not in the book. Laszlo's father is not. I think he's dead. I, I from what I read, from what somebody said, it's not stated explicitly either way. It's just not something that right is commented on. So, how did you feel about this new material? I liked a, it for the show. For yeah. the show, it makes sense. Yeah. Like he needed to have that conversation. I'm not sure whether he's mute or just like catatonic. Or, yeah, or yeah. has some dementia or something. Either way, I, I think the conversation was just for Laszlo and not for his dad. Yeah, yeah. It it certainly it feel, it's closure for Laszlo, and mm-hmm. I like the fact that when you walk away, when when you see him walk away, he seems burdened with emotion, but also relieved about it all. Just kind of like it's this weight off of him that yeah he didn't know was there until this investigation, essentially. And I re- I didn't mind where it ended, like how it literally ended there. There was something about it that I liked. I don't remember what. I think maybe it's just the music or the way it cut. Um, but I really wanted to see more. I wanted to see Laszlo back at school with his students. Getting on with life. And I really, yeah. yeah, And I really wanted more of that throughout the series anyway, because it isn't a really important character detail, um, that he is so close with all of his students and that he's such a good teacher and, uh, and and kind of therapist. But what are you going to do? I, I, did, I, I do want to see more of him getting on, you know, without Mary, even a shot of him at home, like opening the drapes himself to mm-hmm. like let light into the house and to like, you know, I would have, I actually would have really enjoyed like a Michael Caine at the end of every Nolan Batman movie style voiceover of like Laszlo talking, like even if those words to his father had been overlaid over footage of all of them moving on and getting yes. back to their lives, that yes. would have been a way way more fulfilling ending to see all these characters just going through the show the show the detective sergeants showing up to work and like getting back to no, normal <laughs> whatever <laughs> that is show john back at the at the at the uh, bugle or whatever tribune whatever he works for um sketching something you know mm-hmm. or whatever or maybe even if they had ended it like man of steel with him be like oh i'm gonna try my hand at reporting and like <laughs> kind of tease that that career aspect uh you know that would have been cool but something more about them getting back into the regular life where this horror isn't always looming over them i feel like would have been much more satisfying to yeah. show that those clouds have parted and that they're gonna move on yeah no i agree i think that certainly it feels like a very 
it feels like an incomplete finale to me. Like it feels mm-hmm. like it's missing that real end cap on you know, you get the little dinner scene of them all like, Oh, Lazar's like, this is more of a friendship than a fruitful partnership, you know. That's nice and all, but you don't really get to see things there's not a whole lot of time for falling action. The fact that we get It's true. Remember, a, remember early on of them dying. We were wondering if episode nine would be like the final conflict yeah. and then we get an episode. I think that HBO style of things is I like the way they do that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that with this limited series, we didn't quite get that. The fact that there's less than 10 minutes of the show dedicated to what happens after J. Pith is dead. It feels like, once again, a missed opportunity. But It does It does happen quickly in the book. Uh, you know, it, there's not a lot of, of story left after the confrontation at the uh, reservoir, but it is there. So, yeah. But it, it does have the the benefit of the bookends to kind of help tie it together. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, we're going to take a week to reflect on everything. Uh, hopefully, you, you people that are listening will too. And you can send in your thoughts so that we can talk about them next uh, episode to feedback at thealienist.tv as some of you have been doing the entire time. Or if you haven't emailed us at all, let us know you're there. Say hey. Say hi and bye. We'll say whatever you want on air. That's <laughs> not true, but... It's mostly true. Hopefully something of pertinence. Uh, or if you want to tell us where you're going to be, what you're going to be watching after The Alienist, what some good chasers you think might be for people that are missing The that's Alienist. A, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, books, movies, or TV shows. Do, what we should watch next. For sure. I feel like I, I like this... I really enjoyed the one and done. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Pun. <laughs> I'm rhyming. <laughs> no, it's it's certainly... I, w- I don't want to do any Netflix stuff, though. That's the problem with Netflix. Is like, Netflix you can't do. You literally can't do. Because nobody's going to sit there and not watch the next episode when right. it starts auto-playing. Exactly. To come and listen to us for an hour. <clears throat> exactly. I get it. I you know, That's like a one episode. <laughs> yeah. We, we do one episode about the whole series and then yeah. move on. So, uh, you know, we'll obviously keep investigating those things. But this isn't goodbye as of yet. Let me go through our normal outro. Once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on TheAlienist.tv. We're also on TV Time, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. You can email us at feedback at TheAlienist.tv to tell us what you think of our podcast and share your thoughts on TNT's The Alienist so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding The Alienist or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has other shows about video games, horror movies, HBO's Westworld, and AMC's Preacher. Find out more about these shows as well as how to support the network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Our theme music is the song Division by Kevin MacLeod, and it's being used under an Attribution Creative Commons license. That's all for this episode of The Alienist Recap. We won't have anything to see what happens next week, but we will be back with our series wrap-up. But until then... See you in the chart.